This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. In NFT, you're basically, you own the digital asset. So you own the thing that says, I own this JPEG. And the argument that, oh, I can copy and save it or whatever, that just makes actually owning the thing more poignant. Yeah, gorillas are like the blueprint, I think, for, yeah, but two ahead at a time. Like, if, if gorillas came out around the time of NFTs, things would be a lot different, I think. I was very early on in like futures stuff. I've done stuff for French Montana, Fabulous, Chris Brown, Dolph. Like literally, if if you ever downloaded a mixtape from Dat Piff or live mixtapes drawing 2007 to 2013 or whatever, the, the chances are I was on the front page or I'd done the cover for the mixtape you downloaded. I'm DJ Semsex. This is the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. Today we've got a very, very special guest. Very, very dope artist. Goes by the name of Kid 8. Now, some of you be like, what Kid? I, I ain't heard this guy rap. Like, I don't, I don't know his catalogue or anything like that. That's because he's not a musician. He's an artist, a real artist, a digital artist, right? And you know what? Some of you know Kid 8 in one arena. Some of you will know him in another arena. I know him in a lot of different arenas and today we're, we're going to talk about Kid 8 who he is and what he's up to and what he's doing he's doing some amazing things right now yo Kid 8 man how you doing man yeah man thanks for having me on man it's uh I feel like it's well overdue seeing we've known each other like over 10 years now yeah no definitely definitely 10 years is it that long 10 years it probably is you know it might be even longer wow how did, how did we first <laughs> meet um do you know what? I think you DM'd me on Twitter because you needed um, a laptop skin back in the day for a, a show right. or something. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Wow. Madness. And, 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 and that's what, like, someone someone put me onto you. Someone said, like, if you need graphics, you need to speak to Kid 8, da 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 checked out some of your work, and you was doing some crazy things back then as well. And it's like, like, just, just so people are aware, like, how would you describe yourself right now in 2021? Who is Kid A? So right now, I describe myself as a digital artist or crypto artist working within NFTs and like building worlds. Uh, I, I consider myself a bit of a disruptor within the NFT scene because when I came in, it was all sort of uh, one of one artworks and stuff like that on curated platforms. And I sort of came through and made a wave. Uh, and since I've done that, other people have sort of not copied the blueprint, but I've created a blueprint for other creators to enter the space. So yeah, right now I just consider myself um, a digital artist, but pre preceding that, like the last 15 years, 16 years, I've been freelancing within the music industry. So I've done mixtape covers, album covers, uh, merch designs, all sorts of stuff. Like a lot of people that don't even realize I've done the artwork for. So I, I was very early on in like futures stuff. I've done stuff for French Montana, Fabulous, Chris Brown, Dolph. Like literally if, if, you ever downloaded a mixtape from Dat Piff or live mixtapes drawing 
2007 to 2013 or whatever, the, the chances are I was on the front page or I'd done the cover for the mixtape you downloaded. So, yeah, I've been about. It's crazy. And, and you're in my book as well, Hip Hop Aze Me. Shameless yeah. plug and all of that. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> even even that, it, it, even even when we, we put your work in the book, it wasn't because, oh, yeah, I know him and let's, you know, I need to put my friend in. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, nah, he did this. He did this for future. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you you know, it, when you look at what Future has done as an artist, incredible artist, but his mixtapes are as important as his albums. And Definitely. and you did you did some of the most iconic covers, right? Which which ones did you do? I did uh, Streets Call In with Drama, but I think they dropped him out of it at the last minute. I did um, Beast Mode with Zaytoven, Astronaut Status with Scream and Esco. Uh, I've done a couple of single covers like here and there, but yeah, man, it's it was. I think I did his first ever single cover, like Tony Montana, um, for, for iTunes. I don't even know if that's still up or whatever. But yeah, I've, I was just in the right place at the right time. But a lot of the, the the artwork I was putting out, it was, it's you sort of look back now and it was like a moment in time that we can't really get back. Like the whole look, the whole mixtape culture, especially like I think mixtape culture has gone now, like from from the US side of stuff. Anyway, it's not like mm. it was like. Mm. Uh, the streaming services basically came in and it it killed that whole game off, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, I, I t you know it's almost heart wrenching to hear you say that, but it's true. You know mm. that the whole concept of discovery, you know, yeah, it's 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 just shit now. Like yeah. everything comes out on a Friday. It's like you get what you're given, mm. and then you get fed a deluxe album with some tracks that didn't make the original album, and they change it up a bit so it looks different. And it's like. You know, with the mixtapes, when when the mixtape culture was 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 at its, you know, at its creative peak, the artwork was almost as important as the music. You know, definitely, it was, definitely, it was almost for that for that discovery, it was iconic. It it kind of gave you the read on what that project was about, right? It was like, you know, exactly. Yeah. So when I was doing my sort of mixtape run it was there were still physical cds so the people i was doing cds for they were hustling the like mixtape shops or like gas stations in america so it had to stand out on the shelf the whole point if you look back at my old discography covers it's like it's super colorful and vibrant and over the top it, but it was it was designed to make you stop what you were doing for that 10 seconds and pick it up and the amount of times during that time when people would say, oh, I found out about this artist because you've done the cover. Like, I just saw the cover and I just wanted to check them out. And it was like, back then having a Kid 8 cover was like uh, an, an established thing. Like, it was, okay, so this guy's serious about his music. So, yeah, it was just, it was a fun time. But it's it sort of has been lost in history. But books like yours and, like, there was another one, um, Damn Son, Where'd You Find This? They yeah. sort of catalogued that snapshot in time it's i think it's important but yeah it's it's just nice that it's it's documented but i've sort of moved on from that now somewhat yeah, yeah. like i haven't done any client work for probably about 12 months now and you probably never will ever again but never again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know the mixtape era was a part of another great era in hip-hop like the blog era the blog era was incredible like that, yeah. that was a big thing for me as well and it's like the blog era amplified the mixtape era. It was like, mm. it's fascinating time. But but where, where, where are you from in the UK? So I'm from uh, South London originally. I was born in South London near Brixton. Um, but I moved up to like the Midlands when I was about 10 uh, and stayed there for like a bit of time. Now, I've just moved to Manchester recently. I've been here about three weeks. 
Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm enjoying money, though. It's a survival yeah, here, man. Yeah, 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 Beautiful people. Beautiful people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. How does a guy from Middle England end up doing artwork for artists like Future and many other people? I've seen you do concept art for other artists as well. Like, what are some of the near misses? What are some of the, the artists where you nearly got the cover for? I remember the artwork you, I think you did for Little Uzi Vert. It's crazy. You know. Yeah, do you know I've got so many near misses. So I've got I've got some funny stories really. Can you remember that guy? What was his name? McConan going up on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, 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 going yeah, yeah. up. So yeah, they, yeah. like his team reached out to me really early on and they sent me the track and it was unmixed. And I thought I was being trolled. I thought, what the fuck is this? Like this is this is shit, man. So I was like, what the so anyway, back and forth with his team, I did something and they basically deaded it. And I was like, whatever, I don't care. Two weeks later, Drake's jumped on it. It goes fucking platinum. So that was a, that was a funny one. I still think that guy was trolling with that track. Like it was <laughs> anyway. Um, but as far as Uzi, like I've been plugged in with Canon and Drama, like early right. doors. I, I right. did Generation Now, the logo, the chain design. I did all of that. Right. So yeah. every now and then, Drama and uh, Canon would say like Uzi's dropping, trying to do something. And I don't think he's ever used any of the art I've submitted. Like right. I've even had, <laughs> I've even um, submitted logos for Uzi that he's right. rejected and then six right. months later they ended up on a, a collaboration with new new era hats so they brought out a whole line of hats i didn't get paid didn't get anything like really? so my my time in the music industry is like it's been really fucking shit to be honest i've been i feel like i've been mistreated a lot so that's why i'm excited to just be out of it now but let me think some other like horror stories man there's just so many 16 years it just happens doesn't it there's yeah there's yo, stuff. I, yo, I tried, I tried to put you on, man, where we could, like. I don't know, I appreciate it, man. You know, the J Hus logo, you did that. I that did that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Gun, you know, but yeah. I was, I was always like, I'm a DJ first and foremost, and I work with labels, and I'm always trying to bring them, you know, the real, including mm. yourself. So I was, I was like, why don't you just put this guy on? This guy's just done this and da 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 da. And I, and I get it, the artists want what they want and everything else, but it's mad, man. It's just, there's no explanation. It's just, you know what I mean? Do you know what I find? I think it's like, it's literally not what you know, it's who you know. Like, so if right. you're plugged in with a, a management team or a label or something and you're the go-to, that's, that's it, basically. They just want, I think a lot of times the aesthetic isn't even that important to, to like, the to anyone involved really. I, so, I agree, and, I agree. And even if like you create something that manages to get past the management and then gets to the label and then gets to the artist, like at any point during that stage, someone can reject it and then you've got to start again or they go somewhere else. And it's just, it's demoralizing, especially when you know that you've got ideas and maybe they can't see what you're trying to achieve with this look or whatever. So yeah, it's, um, I don't know, but I think the state of cover art right now, I think everything looks the same and a bit bland. Yep. And I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think anyone's taking risks as far as visually, but it's microwave era. It's like, they'll see it on a Friday, like you say on Instagram, by next Friday, something else is out. Everyone's forgot about the artwork. So I don't know. But I can't remember the last time I saw like a timeless cover. Like you're talking about, um, I, I think Kanye is probably like, responsible for the paradigm shifts in artwork mm, during all definitely. like all the last yeah because i mean when he did um was it jesus without the yeah, cover yeah, 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 yeah. it was like from then on onwards it was like it, the art was throwaway in my opinion it, it wasn't it doesn't necessarily need to be a main factor in the project anymore mm. i think i think i think hold on before before we go into like artwork. sorry sorry yeah I've no no no, no no it's cool it's cool but that process of 
getting through to a marketing manager, getting it past the manager, maybe getting it to the artist, then it might be thought about, then it could be scrapped at the last, bro, that's, that whole process is like pissing in the wind. Crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And imagine doing that for, cause at some points I was doing like five covers a day for five, six days a week, like that mental toll. And my, my whole thing, there was a running joke that like my best work always got scrapped. Like all my best covers, I've got vaults of like fire covers that just never managed to get through. And it's even more demoralizing when you see the artwork that does get chosen. There's no rhyme or reason to it a lot of times. So yeah, I think you've got to have thick skin and you've just yeah, got to yeah. be, which is hard as a creative and an artist, like you, if you show any vulnerability or you're trying to do something different and then someone just tells you it's wank, it's like... Mm. It, it, it takes a lot to just carry on. And I think my, when I was doing my thing, I sort of shut off. So I just became a bit of a machine rather than trying to create. It, it, I was literally a tool for someone else, just a graphic designer rather than an artist in, in its own right. So yeah, it's hard. And I think it'd be even harder now trying to break through because you've got Instagram and like everyone does fan art. So like I see people that get fan art covers get put through to like major labels or whatever. And they're not even getting paid. They're just getting mm. it for the shout out or the love. So it's like, mm. it's a messy game. Definitely. I think, I think the last great, the last great album artwork that is iconic. Um, and maybe that's a bit of a reach saying the last great, but, but the, the, what comes to mind, watch the phone. That cover was insane. Bro, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, but that was um, the head of Da Vinci at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't remember his name. Tissy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but... But that's another thing. I remember at the time when that came out, just as a designer, I was like, this bevel, like in the corner, that's really mm. like, it's really ropey. Like it looked mm. really not thrown together, but it was one of those things. If you know, you know, this right, isn't right, right, right. technically, this isn't the greatest artwork, but I was, I was just in my feelings then. But there was a, <laughs> there's, um, if you, I think if you Google, um, was it cold, was it cold summer? The album, it was like, um, yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. it's like all the plaster cast sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, Kanye had 800 and something revisions of that cover and the, the yeah. artist that, yeah the artist that did it put like a, a slideshow of every single thing he'd done that had been wow. rejected and I was just like nah I would have quit I would have quit by change three or something there's no way wow wow yeah. that's that's crazy so you know what you came up you know first of all like what what made you want to do mixtape artwork how did you get how did you get into that well, I was just obsessed with mixtapes. I was like, I've always been obsessed with rap. Like, from, I remember being like four years old and listening to Looney's Five on it. Wow. Like, I was just like, yeah, like, wow. I've from, because growing up in Brixton, like, it was all, all my friends, bro, big brothers listened to it or whatever. So it was always just rap for me. So I remember around the time G Unit came out and Dipset. And like, you know, their run, like, was that 05 or 06 or something? It might have been a bit before then. But I remember being, on the internet and you know with like LimeWire, you download a song and then I was just seeing all this mad cover art and I was like, this isn't the official cover, where's this come from? And I did some, some like digging on it and I just found out about mixtape culture in New York and the South and stuff. I was like, this artwork is just so fucking sick. And the fact that they were circumventing labels and you could like potentially have connections with these artists. Like I just wanted to create art and like getting to know rappers or whatever. I thought that'd be fucking sick. So, Around that time, I was on, I think it was around the time MySpace came out as well. It's sort of all around this sort of area in my life. And I just found all these designers and these um, people through forums and MySpace that were creating artwork for rappers. And they were just telling me the pipeline of how you get started. And I just started making some. 
And within a couple of weeks, I had, so I had clients down in Carolina. I had clients in Atlanta, clients in New York. And just from there, um, just built and built and built. So I, I was connected with Big Mike in New York, right. who was doing all like the Styles P, Jada Kiss tapes. Um, Chuck T down in um, Carolina was doing Down South slanging. And right. then I had quite early on with DJ Scream, um, Heavy in the Streets. And then Scream gave me loads of work. Like That's how I met. I did the stuff for Future, Young Dolph. Like literally, Scream put me onto so many artists. I can't even remember now. Like Juicy J. Um, it's literally hundreds, hundreds of rappers right. that I've worked with. I can't even like remember them all now. So you, you, you got you got to pass quick, right time. Yeah, because yeah, right place, right time. That that doesn't happen. Like no, no. it's is you know. I know about the hip hop passport. I got one in it. Like when you're in it, <laughs> when you're in it, you just connect with people, and and then you get to a point where your reputation precedes you. So it's yeah. just like you don't even need to say anything. You don't even need to introduce yourself and sell yourself. People already know what you're about and what you do. So, and you you got that very very quickly. I don't know anyone else in your field who's done that. Nah, it was just here. it was just right place, right time, man. And especially like at the time, like I was completely anonymous. It was just a logo. It was just the eight logo. Mm. I've, this is the first time I've ever put myself out this year. Mm. Like my visual one is still fucking. I think hiding. this is the this is the first time I've ever met. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I know. I've been working with you for years. This is the first time we met. It's crazy. I'm shy. I'm shy in it. It's just like I, I've, my thing's always been like it's not about me. It's about what I do, and I find yeah. I. I used to get pissed off like when I'd go on Instagram pages, like artists, designers or whatever, and you wouldn't see their work. It was all about them. Right, and I was like, but right. I want to see what you're doing. I want to see what you're creating, not what you're saying you're doing. That's another reason I never really got on with Clubhouse and stuff, because it's like, right. it's a room full of people talking. No one's actually doing anything. Like I'm a man of action. But as I've got on, I've realized I was probably just stopping my own growth by because people want to put a connection. People want FaceTime and all this bollocks. So I think he, there's a delicate balance and act between being too much of a character and being too shut off from people that want to work with you. So I think if I'd have been more active and made more physical connections, I'd probably be higher up than I am right now. Right. Mm. Well, I mean, not right now. I mean, when I was doing, when I was doing client yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so what, what was the turning point where, you know, you, you call it client work, like I'd call it mixtape work or whatever. It's like, mm. but what, what, what was the turning point? What was your first introduction to the concept of what an NFT is? Like how, cause, cause it is, sorry, it was just like, it was overnight, like yeah. overnight you switched. It was just like, you'd found a new lane. And then I saw the post where you were saying like, you know, you was free and this, 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 that and the other. But, but before you got to that point, like, how did you, when did you first discover what an NFT was? So I found out about NFTs. It would have been literally about 12 months ago now, like end of November, beginning of December. And my friend's uh, television shout out, we were doing like music visualizers at the time. Like, so, you know, when you go on YouTube before the yeah, album, yeah, like yeah. before, yeah, yeah. So we were doing the 3D visualizers mm. um, and he, he brought me on a couple of jobs. We did um, Pop Smokes, uh, Shoot for the Stars, Roll Out. We did Young Dolph, Rest in Peace, Rich Lay. We did um, Sway Lee, Dance Like No One's Watching. So we were doing all these things and we were using our talents to create basically what an NFT was, but we were giving them to artists for silly amounts of money, like next to nothing. And he was just said, there's this thing called NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And it's just a way of 
uh, selling your art on the blockchain. It's all like certified. And I was like, okay, I sort of got the idea of it. But then he showed me what some of these pieces were selling for. And like some of the artists that were doing it, we knew. And I knew personally, I was like, right, okay, I need to look more into this. So I did some research and found out that at the time there were certain platforms that were more prestige than others and there was ways of doing it. But I just started trying to like get my art out there. So separating myself from client work and just creating stuff that I wanted to um, and just seeing if anyone was fucking with it and if anyone wanted to collect it or see it as like a valuable asset. So I just started creating um, just daily renders and bits and pieces, putting them on Instagram. And then I found out soon after the like, Instagram at the time was dead for NFTs. Like there was no one collecting NFTs. They didn't really understand what it was. So uh, someone said Twitter was like banging for NFTs. Everyone was on Twitter, was collecting, and that was the best way to meet collectors. So joined Twitter and just started making connections with other artists in the space and collectors and uh, speculators. And from there, I sold my, I sold my first NFT in January this year for 0.25 ETH, which right. at the time... I don't even know what it was at the time, but it was a lot more than I'd made from a cover in a while. And then that week I had four more sales. And I think I made, I made like two ETH the first two weeks of selling NFTs. And it was just like a gradual progression of like stepping my art up, getting more known, getting more collectors until the point where my work's in demand now. Like I, I've got, um, I did a generative drop in the summer, 8,888 of this uh, evil character. And I've got a, a drop coming um, the 30th with Nifty Gateway, which is owned by the Winklevoss brothers, you know, the guys that were in Facebook early. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like I've built my name up to a point now where people are waiting for me to drop. People want to collect my art because they know it's valuable and it'll go up. So yeah, what's, exciting what's times. The, what, what's the, do you say generative? Generative, yeah. It's basically, yeah, it's not, that? so it's a term. So have you seen Bored Apes? You've seen uh, yeah, CryptoPunks, yeah, 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 yeah. all these collectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It basically means a way of creating thousands of images using hmm. uh traits and assets so that's basically what i did with my character but i did it um i did it a bit differently for the others because i don't do anything the same and from that i've built up a community of like thousands of followers that follow in my every move and want to know what's coming next and they're invested in me as an artist now and they want to see what's possible uh, moving forward and I, the thing is there is a lot possible moving forward because we're so early on in the space this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, I got loads of questions about this. Yeah, let's go, let's go. And I know, I know some of what's going on in the NFT world. Like I, I follow it, and I'm, I'm in, you know, the the Twitter space rooms sometimes or whatever. And but for people who may not know, right? If you was to buy an NFT, 
some people might be like, oh, what's the difference between that and having an Instagram account? Like, I don't understand why we're paying a loads of money for a thing that I can just copy and paste. Like, can you break down the, the difference between an NFT and just like a regular JPEG and what it means and what it, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is with it, an NFT, you're basically, you own the digital asset. So you own the thing that says, I own this JPEG. So like, and the argument that, oh, I can copy and save it or whatever, that just makes actually owning the thing more poignant because like the more a meme goes round, the more popular it is. Imagine you own that meme, you own that asset. Everybody's aware of this thing, but you're the one that owns it. So the value in that, if there's value to you, there's value to other people. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's a, one way of looking at it. And another way is the Mona Lisa argument. Like, yeah, you can go and take a picture of the Mona Lisa. You can have a print of the Mona Lisa. You don't own the Mona Lisa. Do you know what I mean? The person who owns it is the one that's uh, getting the benefits from it. And the thing is with NFT technology and the blockchain, there's ways of adding value to your uh, NFT. So let's say one thing that people are doing with CryptoPunks, because they're worth hundreds of thousands and millions now, you can fractionalize that and sell shares of that NFT to whoever the hell wants them. And then as the value goes up for them, value goes up for you. So that's really? one way. Of, yeah, yeah, there's one way of looking at it. And then the other way is like, let's say you're, so someone that brought my first NFT, the one I told you about, they sold for 0.25 ETH. He sold it last month for 25 ETH which at the time was 120 odds, 130 grand or whatever. And that was based off me as an artist, my rise and my trajectory. So there's, it's, it's very speculative. And a lot of NFTs that you buy today might not be worth fuck all next year. But the, if you do your due diligence and you get in the scene and do your homework, there is ways of making uh, money and creating value. And also like, it's, you got to remember, Amazon started as an online bookshop eBay started selling Pez toys, you know, them little things that you flick with the, the sweet comes out. Now look at them. And that was web 2.0. We're, we're at the beginning of web 3.0. So everything that's going on right now in the space is only going to increase in value because of the historical merit yeah. that it brings with it. And, and I guess it's, it's about what, what it's worth to you as well. Like, you yeah. know, if, you, if you're a fan of art, first and foremost, there's going to be certain things where you're like, I want to own this, you know, yeah. in, in the same way, um, you know, you have a music collection or anything else that you collect, or you know, I'm I'm like I'm a crazy hoarder, like as you can see in the background, yeah, yeah, yeah. music, plaques, whatever, whatever, whatever. So it, it it's it, it's that beauty in the eye of the beholder thing as well, right? Yeah, is that there is that, but so NFTs at the moment, there's so many different aspects to it. So you've got art, like fine art. So you might buy a one of one or an edition, or you've got these collectibles, which is like community driven and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But yeah, it's like the way I see it. So imagine, um, imagine your favorite album, let's say, uh, let's just say Watch the Throne, for example. Imagine you could have brought that as an NFT, you could have bought the artwork and a, like one of the tracks is it as an nft yeah, yeah, yeah the value that that would hold like it's just insane do, do you know what i mean it's the historical yeah, yeah, yeah. value of that and if they if they made it like a, an addition of only so many it's just it i think a lot of people were seeing it similar now to like flipping trainers and, tra and sneakers and stuff do you know what right. i mean you get in early and just through cultural relevance and like yeah, 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 certain yeah. people liking them they, they just go up in value it's just it's it's just, it, it takes a bit of change in your brain because when I got into it, I was like, why the fuck are people paying for JPEGs? Like, it makes no fucking sense. Like, and I was seeing people like spending 30 grand on something that someone had just posted on Instagram. So I get it. But once you see the other side of it, it's just, 
the way things are moving forward to so our children and our children's children, everything will be a yeah. digital asset, especially with Facebook doing meta, like everything yeah. will move to the metaverse. So the, the yeah. things that you can show in your personal, like online gallery or your online space, you can only show because you own them. It's just a flex. It's, it's a bit like that. Okay. So it's been a pandemic. Um, Brexit, they fucked us with Brexit. Like, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, everything's going more and more expensive. Like, yeah. even basic stuff like bread and milk, it's way more expensive mm. than what it was before. So, who who's spending this amount of money on these NFTs? Like, you know, I know I know with crypto punks right now, the cheapest one you can get out of like several thousand is like three hundred grand. Like, mm. you know, that's. That's a street up north, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's a street of houses. What, who, who's spending this money? Well, it's so I look at it a certain way. So a lot of the people, uh, not a lot of people, but some collectors that were very early on to the, to the NFT space, they were early on in crypto full stop. So you've got the right. guys that bought Bitcoin at like $200 and right. then they're just converting to Ethereum like it's nothing. You've got the guys that were like so early on in Ethereum that they were airdropped it. Do you know what I mean? They were given hundreds of tokens of Ethereum for free and they've just hodled it over the years. You've got some that got in at like 30 cents. And then you've got a new wave of people who brought these collections early. So people that brought bored apes for 0.1 ETH, like the weekend they minted, that sell them now for like 200 ETH. That money needs to trickle down from somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And a lot, so people are seeing online that you can make money for NFTs. So people are like, getting mortgages, people are spending money they don't really have. But once that money's in the ecosystem, it's there, do you know what I mean? And it trickles its way down. And and then you've got people that day trade crypto, so they're taking profits and they're putting them into NFTs. But I think for the average person on the street right now, it's it's a really horrible time to get into NFTs because the Ethereum's so high and it hasn't really found um, a, a decent entry point, I think, for the average person. So, so I'm, I'm expecting when brands and corporations come in, that the price of NFTs will go down like to right. something a bit more sustainable. In right. my opinion, I could be totally wrong, but I can't yeah. see it. Because at the moment, it's just like a, a game for fucking millionaires. It's not right. for the average yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 there's yeah. no entry point. Yeah, someone, someone said that to me. Um, actually, the person who put me onto you said that oh, it's just a thing for rich people, isn't it? And I was yeah, like, well, it looks like that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've got the Ethereum blockchain, which is what most NFTs are on, right? Yeah. And then you've got Polygon, which is another cryptocurrency, another form of blockchain. And yep. you got the Tez, like, and I saw that you put something on, on, on objects, which is a platform that goes through the Tez blockchain. Am I getting this right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Why did you put it on Tez and not on Ethereum? Like, what, what was the reason for doing that at that time? So I've done a couple of different runs. So I, there was a website a website called Hen, Hickek, Nunk, or whatever. Mm. I can't never say it. Yeah, yeah. But it's, that was on Tezos, right? And the, the gas fees are minimal. So you could mint a piece for under a pence, like right. under a penny. Whereas right. on Ethereum, it could... I spent like one weekend, I uploaded 50 things on Ethereum and it cost me $18,000. So it's like really? this, yeah, yeah, the gas fees depending on the network usage, it's, it's dead some weekends and sometimes. Mm. So I went to Tez, uh, it's seen as like a, a greener blockchain, it's healthier for the environment, blah, blah, blah. But also the community of collectors there are a lot more engaged and they, they want to help an artist. So I think if anyone's 
wanting to start selling NFTs, start on Tezos, build a community right. and sort of go from there. But yeah, there's so many different ones. And then you've got Polygon, which I'm glad you mentioned because all my collectors of my Jeevils have just been airdropped. Basically, the, a musical leak from... because. It's a long story, but anyway, uh, Evil, we're bringing out music. So he's like an avatar rapper. We've done like we've done a mixtape or whatever. And I've just airdropped a leak from the mixtape for free to my collectors through Polygon because the gas is, again, so much less. But it sits on top of Ethereum. It's like a layer two solution. So, yeah, there's different blockchains for different um, sort of needs and wants. I mean, Cardano, you can do NFTs. And there's, um, um, what's the other one? The scam one, Solana. There's like There's loads of different things going on. But I think if you stick with Ethereum or Tezos, uh, if you're interested in NFTs, it's like a good starting point. Mm. And then these characters that you're talking about, the, the, like, can you, can you break down what it is, what your thing is? Um, I think even, it, I was on a Twitter space room today and I was talking about your work as well. And, but for, pe- for people who may not know, for people who are just getting to know who you are, what you're about and how you've made that transition from doing rap mixtape covers to now being a prominent artist within the NFT space. Like, yeah, what what is it what is it that you're known for now in that space more than anything else? Yeah, so right now I'm just known for creating evil. So if anyone's seen it, it's like the ch- it's a cherub. He's 2,000 years old. He wears a belly. He's tatted up. He's got like Cuban link chains and everything. And he's just like, he's... At his core, he's just a manifestation of me, of like sort of my life and things I've been through. So it's like, it's it's all rooted in me, but I, it's sort of rooted in trauma as well, like stuff that happened as a kid or whatever. And it's, it's I always stumble, man. Whenever I try and talk about it, I just get all this fucking mad. But it's just... It's just me, basically. It's just his right. character running, running around the blockchain, like causing havoc. But right. people... People really fuck with it, and if like if you get it and you see what I'm trying to do, yeah, you're yeah, sort yeah. of a diehard fan. So it's yeah, it's yeah. one of these, but it's just it's also like um, I'm sort of trying to push against the fact that there's crypto punks and board apes and all these yeah, collections yeah. that were put together by teams of devs, teams of developers, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's no there's no culture. Like I'm the first yeah, person yeah, I think yeah. that's brought culture to NFTs. Like if you know, you know. But the the NFT space pretty much it's full of nerds nerds and neaky guys and there, there needed to be someone to just step up and bring like <laughs> us in. do you know what i mean there needs to be there needs to be a space for us to feel comfortable because there isn't really like yeah, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. there wasn't and yeah. i know for a fact i've brought a lot of people in to nfts through this so i'm, mm. I'm happy about that i mean yo i'm i'm paying attention to it because of you like you know I've, I've seen you know when you put something on your gram i'm like yeah that shit's crazy like i get yeah, fire you, emojis all day right thank so you. And then I've been paying attention more to what's happening. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy to see how you've evolved. So just, just for people who are listening, because it's a podcast and, you know, they, they can't see. The, it's the evil characters. It's spelled E-V-O-L, right? Yeah, love backwards. Nice. And then very, very simple generalization. You said it was a cherub. What, what, what yeah, yeah. Right? What's a cherub? Wait, it, well, a cherub's like, so a cherub visually resembles like a toddler, but right. it's it, like in mythology, it's like the closest thing to God. And it's like right. evil, he's, he's been sort of, he's been cast down to earth because he had like um, an argument with the management and he doesn't know 
how to get back. He doesn't know what he's right. meant to do it. And during his time, he's just been obsessed with hip hop and the culture. Right, 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 and he's right. like, he's made all these connections, but the character in itself, it's about duality. So he's like, he's innocent. He's a cherub, but he's running yeah. around with a belly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. stitched onto it. He's got yeah, yeah, uh, love yeah. and love and hate stitched onto it. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, 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 there is depth to it. It's not just some baby yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. a ski mask being a yeah. twat or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you sound like a real mank. It sounds like you, you've been there for years already, bro. No, I've been um, saying twat for years, man. Fucking <laughs> okay, mad um, at me, mate. <laughs> so, so I'd, all right. So you've got your character that that you're doing, and you and you do different variations, right? So, yeah. Um, different scenarios, different variations, different backdrops, and all of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that the one that made me put my hand in the pocket. Was the Tezo one the suffering from success? I was just like, because before that point, I'd never bought anything. I was like, yeah, did you grab that one? No way. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to buy this shit. I was just like, I was like, that's crazy. That that caught yeah, me, man. like basically. Thank you, man. And Thank um, you, man. and so it's interesting. So so with each one that you do, are you are you doing all the artwork specifically, or like because I see. I can't tell, like, with the board Ape stuff, is that just a computer just doing random generational different... Yeah, so like, I do all my stuff. Like, all my stuff I do from scratch. Like, it's... At the end of the day, I'm an artist selling art, so if I start bringing other people in, it's a bit bait. It's like, mm. that's not why I started it. But as far as board Apes, that project was... Um, it was basically a team of developers. They hired a load of Fiverr artists to just draw these apes, draw the different traits as layers. Really? And, yeah, and you just bang it through like a Python script and it spits out all the different variations. So, yeah, it's... The thing is with Bored Apes, the, the reason it's got value now is because it's seen as a store of value, the same way Bitcoin is. Like, Bitcoin's only mm. worth what it's worth because yeah. people believe it's worth that much. Like, yes, they throw parties and they've got a community or whatever, but it's not... It's all... I think they're, they're in a unique space because they pretty much are creating the blueprint for collecting so they can sort of do what they want but in the in the long term scheme of things like I think there'll be other collections that come along that might resonate with people more or might offer something that they're not doing but they, they will always be top two between them and CryptoPunks just because of uh, like lineage mm. and uh, how long they've been around so yeah and what, what's, the, what's the deal with the CryptoPunk thing from your perspective because it's, it's mad now that you know, I was speaking to Spotty Wi-Fi a couple of weeks ago, and I love the fact that he has reinvented himself and that and that aspect. Mm. But but the actual crypto punk thing is it's really weird to see Jay Z putting it in his AV and Post Malone buying shit, and it's like just again rappers with loads of money spending hundreds of thousands of pounds. It's like it's it's mad. It's a bit mad. Do you know what? I've got a hot take on that, man. I might get cancelled off of this, but fuck it, let's go. So, like, the CryptoPunks as a, as a whole, I respect because it's, it's they're the first, you know what I mean? They were given away in 2017 for free. These things were given in free. They've only got value, again, like I say, because people believe they've got value. I mean, I could have brought one for 16 ETH in May, and I was like, I can't justify it. Because it was at the time, it was about 50 grand, and I was like, I could just go and buy a car. So I didn't do either anyway. I just kept my ETH. And now, like, the floor is, like, a fucking ridiculous amount. But the fact oh, sorry, that... Sorry, and that... Sorry, the floor. What is the floor, just for people... Oh, so know. the floor price is, yeah. if you go on a, a website called OpenSea and you type in a collection, the floor price means the cheapest entry point to this collection right, right now. Okay. And then once that gets brought up, it's uh, the next price or whatever. But, okay. but I could talk about the floor price all day. That's fucking... Yeah, yeah. It's the toxic metric. But, uh, yeah, as far as, like... 
rappers and people do, like getting involved. I think it's good, but I know for a fact, because I've been on the end of the conversations, it's a bit bait because it's like celebrities starting an NFT starter pack. You you, uh, you buy a, a CryptoPunk or fucking mm. Ape or if you jar rule, some dead thing that's never going to take off. And then a couple of weeks later, you announce that, um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my own collection on XYZ. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah you pump it out and then everyone gets excited and then it's gone. Like they, mm. they never come back. They never participate. You don't see them collecting other you, things. You, you or know, you know what's question. weird It's weird. Again, I was on a Twitter space and as with in the room was Ja Rule. Was only he joined my discord. He joined Ja Rule joined really? my discord on the day of my wow. drop. He fucked off afterwards, but I mean, wow. shout out to Ja Rule. I'm a, I'm a yeah, fan, yeah. but like, Oh yeah. It's bait. I used to work. <laughs> it's, it's bad. I used to work. Look, I, I promoted the painter's love album. Like I used to oh. get him, I used to arrange for Jarrell to do interviews at pirate stations and stuff like that. So it's really, it's really fascinating, like to, to be a part of his journey back then when he was in his prime as an artist, and then now mm. he's on Twitter Space, and he's with some other guy, and they're talking about some cyber Kongs drop or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this tomorrow. No, no, no. I'm just saying no, how no, no. surreal. Me just saying how surreal it is right now, and yeah. then um. There's 30 people in the room and Javel's talking to some guy from England, some guy with a northern accent. It's like, oh yeah, this one's coming out now. Oh, oh yeah, that person, <laughs> that person. And, ja- and Javel's like, yo, man, that's hot, man. Oh, yo, with his voice, you know, like the Javel yeah, voice. Fucking like, man. Yeah, he's like, yo, oh, yo, I love that. I love that color. Yo, that's, that's crazy. Da, 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 da. It's surreal, bro. Yeah, very, man. very surreal, like what's going that's, on right now. That's what's mad. So I think with crypto and like NFTs, it's the largest transfer of um, wealth that I think we've seen in generations. Like you can go from literally freelancing 15 years, making like an okay wage to becoming a multimillionaire overnight. Like these are things that happen. Is that real? Is that a real thing? Like we, we hear all Yeah, happened stories. to me. It happened to me, yeah. Really? Serious? Yeah, serious. Serious. Yeah, and I've never worked so hard. That's the maddest thing. Like, all I want to do is have time off, and I can't. So, really? yeah, it's a mad, yeah, it's a mad one. But at this point in time in your life, you've cracked the code. You figured it out. You, 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 Luck. You, you've opened the safe, <laughs> bro. Keep going, bro. Don't, don't, don't stop, man. Just like take it all the way. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, the opportunities are there from like just from having this character, like and the IP, because a lot of these collections, uh, like um, CryptoPunks and Ape, they gave out their IP for each for each character. But I made it. I made everyone aware that like this is my character, this is my work. So I will retain the IP rights. You're welcome to create derivatives of the art, do what the hell you want, like. Mm. But you can't take this rapper. T- uh, sorry, you can't take this character to Netflix and get your own series made. Like that's not going to happen. Like if, if those things are on the table, I'm the one that's going to spearhead that because it's my thing. So mm. yeah, that's one thing that my collection sort of, that's one, I was the first person to actually do that. And since I've done that, other collections have come out and said, no, we're keeping the IP. This is our creation. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. We're so early on in the space, the rules are being made. There's no rules to say like, this is what you should do and what you can't do. And I think, in the future, people will see evil and my work in the collection is starting a lot of blueprints. Like the thing I've just done with the airdrop. So I've just airdropped 8,000 um, single covers, essentially. Like I've created 8,000 different single covers based off different traits of the character. And each one is twinned with 
a, a leak of this one track. So a different section. So some have got the intro, some have got the hook, some have got verse one, verse two, and then the most rare ones have got the full track. And no NFT has been twinned with music like this, where the art and the music play part in the rarity. It's like it's not been done yet. So I'm the first person to do that. And it's, it's an idea I had that I was taking to record labels earlier on this year and they just couldn't get their head around it. So really? I've sort of, yeah, I've just circumvented it and said, fuck it. So we're doing it ourselves. So we've, uh, I've got a partner and we've created the music and it's going out and it's, it's sick. Like everything bangs. Um, the bars are hard. It's just like, it's, it's, it doesn't need to be nerdy. Like it doesn't need to be bait. Like we could, it, there's, I'm just, even if this the music thing doesn't go anywhere, the fact that this is the first collection to do that, I guarantee someone else will do it and it will be the blueprint. And it makes more sense for rappers trying to enter the space to give out music than create uh, a, a picture of an animal or something like that to give to their fans because it, it makes no sense. Do you know, It's not connecting with, and it's not bringing in our uh, fans and new people to crypto and NFTs the way it should be. Mm. That's crazy. What, what do you think about what Universal's done, like where they announced that they've bought for bored apes and they're gonna bait. turn it into musicians. I think it's bait, man. I think it's, mm. I think it's. Um, maybe I'm just saying that because I'm bringing out music as well. But I just don't. I think it's just contrived and it's bullshit and it's just another thing where I think labels are showing that they're out of touch with culturally what what fans want. Like, no, I don't think anyone really wants that. The only people who want that are people that hold bored apes because they want them to go up in value and they want to, they want more money. Like, I think it's cool that artists and rappers are entering the space, but I just, I don't think they're giving themselves the best look by some of the way that, like Post Malone getting a board ape, yeah, it's cool, but I don't, I don't see what it does. I don't know what, see what it does for his fans or the future of his music. Like, I don't understand other than it's just another flex. It's a, it's a new Lambo. Well, I mean, it's more than a Lambo now. Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's crazy, man. I mean, the mad thing is, gorillas did all of this first. Yeah, yeah, gorillas are like the blueprint, I think. For yeah, big time, big time. But two ahead at a time. Like if if gorillas came out around the time of NFTs, things would be a lot different. I think. I wonder if they are planning anything. They probably are, to be honest. There's that much happening every day. You can't get all the news. You just cannot keep up with everything. I think they, I read somewhere that they tried to do something or they was about to do something, then they got condemned because it wasn't green. Oh, what? Well, they should have done it on Tezos because that is, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. But, but it's like you said the information, like with Tezos, I only found out about it because you tweeted um, that it was going to be on there. That's the, And that's the only reason why I knew it even existed. I didn't even know Tezos. And for people, again, I've got to keep simplifying this for people who are still trying to get their head around it. Um, there's a lot of us. Um, yeah, Tezos is like <laughs> Ethereum, but it's a lot cheaper, right? Yeah, it's just a different blockchain, a different network. But Tezos oh. is like, it's cheaper to buy Tezos. You get more Tezos for your money. It's, um, I mean, I think they just partnered with the F1 as well. It's like um, um, a sponsorship. So like they, they're moving up. They've got a potential and they're doing um, a thing down in Miami Basel that I'm going to be down there for. So right. yeah, they're, they're, it's, are, there's so many uh, competing blockchains, but there always will be. Do you know what I mean? Even if you're not talking NFTs, you're just talking, you've got um, Polkadot, Cardano, all these things that are trying to kill ETH. They, everyone wants to kill ETH, but at the end of the day, I don't think anything will. Right. 
when when we're going to see the day when the gas prices disappear because and for sorry and then for people who don't know gas prices if you've got ethereum you've got to pay a charge it's like a tax kind of thing a fee. yeah that's a good way of looking it's mad at it, actually, expensive yeah. it's, it's it's like i was i was trying to buy something the other day for 20 dollars and there's a 130 dollar charge i was like yeah. what the fuck like this is so yeah gas is basically it's just a network fee so depending on how busy the network is at the time you pay the miners to um verify the blocks on the chain it's like it sounds long and it is it's just fucking madness but apparently with eve 2.0 it's going to change from a point of state blockchain to a point of proof or vice versa or whatever and it should get rid of gas fees entirely or minimize them but they've been saying that for two years so i don't know if it is ever going to happen but yeah it's gas is like it's one of those things that stops people from being able to enter because it is like say you try and buy something for 20 dollars and it costs 130 dollars it's like it's it's hard but there yeah it's there are certain platforms for artists that want to get into nfts that are trying to reduce that so rareable have brought out a thing where they won't charge you any gas to mint a piece or sell a piece until it's sold which is for an artist trying to break through that's helpful because the amount of money i've spent on minting pieces it's got to be it's got to be over 60 grand that this year just minting stuff alone so that's so so when you so minting is creating a piece for people to buy right Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you create a piece and put it essentially on the blockchain, essentially online, you have to pay for that as well. Yeah, yeah. So depending on the platform as well. So let's just take a Rarible for an example, right? You've got to pay a gas fee to mint the piece to get it on the website, on the blockchain. And then if you have an auction, you've got to have a gas fee to set up the auction. And then when it sells, you've got to pay another gas fee to basically um, complete the contract and get the ETH from the buyer. So that's three lots of gas fees. And depending on how busy the um, the blockchain is at the time, it can cost hundreds of dollars. So yeah, so that told you I did I did my first collection of 50 pieces in G- June or July. It cost me uh, 18,000 to mint them. And then like another 12 just to accept the bids on all the end pieces. So yeah, it, it, it it's, exp- it's an expensive game. You've got to back yourself if you're serious about it. but. Yeah, the, the gas is is crippling. To be fair, right now, which is why I think a lot of people are looking at other pl- uh, blockchains like Tezos and uh, Solana and um, other yeah Polygon and Matic and stuff. Mm. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. The whole thing's fucking mad. To be honest, like it, it feels <laughs> like we're in the Matrix. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, so you know what's mad, right? What's mad is to see people doing fan artwork of your artwork. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, how's that feel? Yeah, man, it's fucking sick to be honest. Like, it's it's like I've done a full circle. So I've gone from creating art and not creating fan art, but like creating stuff for um, artists and rappers in in the hope they'll use it, and then creating this character that literally I did an art competition after my drop, and like I think I, I gave everyone um, I, the winner was going to get five ETH, and then the second person was going to get two, and blah blah blah. I think I had at like over two thousand. Was it two thousand? It must have been over 2,000 submissions, right, of people creating my character in their style and their work all around the world. And it made no sense for me in the end to just give two people a prize. So what I did, I started an art competition uh, with Known Origin based in Manchester. And I chose, I think, 50 of my favorite from the submissions. And I paid for their gas fees to be minted onto the website. And then all the artists got 100% of... Um, 
what they sold. And I think that's made over 50 grand for the 50. No, it must be over 50 grand now. For anyway, it made all this money for all these artists all over the world, just based off the character that I created. And like as an artist, to be able to give chance to these people and like just get so a lot of people it was their first time they'd ever minted first time they ever sold mm. and just being able to do that as a creator it's like this it's so rewarding because i know how it feels to just be stuck yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy that's and where, where do you see this going like this this process right now because because it's it's very that process that you just described of like you know um helping people do their first mint and you know, get their name out there and, and, and sell, like, it's a beautiful thing. You're putting people on and there's no barriers, there's no tastemakers, there's no gatekeepers, none of this yep. bullshit that has existed in the, the real world, right? Mm. So where's it going? Like, where do you see it going? Do you know, I don't even know now because it's funny you say that there's no tastemakers and barriers because, like, to a certain extent there are, but what when I entered, I could see that there was a way to circumvent it. You don't have to go the normal route. We're making our own like futures here. So if you, if you can create a communities for yourself or like a group of people that fuck with your artwork, everything will grow from there. But as far as the future for NFT artists, I don't know because the space is starting to be looked at by a lot of brands. There are a lot of like mm. multi-billion dollar, multi-million dollar brands entering the space. And I think, people entering NFTs are going to want to, they're going to see something that has a proven track record of creating um, profits as something that's slightly more enticing than an artist from Stoke-on-Trent that doesn't have any past history of selling. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's a weird time, but it's still early on that you can't, I think, I think the reality is nobody knows what's going to happen, man. Like the, the space moves so quickly. There's no way of, um, predicting what's going to happen, but you just got to stay active and stay on your toes. But yes, yeah, I mean, if I knew, I'd, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, tell yeah, you anyways, because yeah. I'd, I'd keep it all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So I'm asking you, where where's it all going? Like, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg talking about the metaverse. I don't like that, man. I don't, because it's just like, yeah. it's like he's trying to say, he's, like him calling his company Meta and talking about a metaverse. The metaverse technically already exists in different areas, right? Technically what yeah. Fortnite does is that technically there's already things. It's just like, it's just trying to brainwash the public into being like, this is the only thing over here that's going to matter. 
Yeah. And but but right now, like what 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 should people be checking out for examples of the metaverse? So for instance, like the central land, is that thing like I saw that you can buy items of evil clothing, evil yeah. clothing for, for <laughs> is is it like yeah, what's bro, what's going on? <laughs> yeah man <laughs> yeah so i think anyone who wants to know about the metaverse in like it's and uh, nft application to it you need to check out decentraland because mm-hmm. it is i think it's the most easy entrance point and it's the most palatable to start with but i'm, I'm in agreement with you like i i can't see zuckerberg creating something from scratch that's going to tighten all these other metaverses so you've got decentraland you've got sandbox you've got crypto voxels you've got all these other little ones like that will vying for their little space in on the blockchain or whatever and i think what with his track record of like buying oculus buying instagram i think he's just going to end up buying one so mm-hmm. if you are interested in the metaverse i would i'd look at decentraland and i'd look at like buying plots of land in these other ones potentially if you've got money like actually don't don't listen to me this is not financial advice but just since just, just since he announced uh the metaverse decentraland if you look at decentraland on like um um like a crypto um uh, some of it keeps track of what the crypto volume is mm-hmm. it's gone up in price because people are right. speculating right. but I don't know like for me personally like i don't play video games i've never played video games so the idea of like living online through an avatar running around the metaverse it it doesn't even make sense to me personally like i was going to buy an oculus the other week because i wanted to see what the porn was like like i'm not that bothered about running around in vr but I think it's not for us, it's for our kids and our kids' kids. Like That's where it's going to mm. belong. And it, it, you, with COVID and people learning from home, things like Zoom, it's all going to encompass all. So I think the metaverse will be somewhere literally you plug yourself in and you're there and you can do everything there. And then when you go out in real life, and especially with things like Google, um, Google Watches and all these other things, people are going to want a way to d- display their NFTs and display... Mm. Um, fashion and digital wearables and all these things and it's it is whether we like it or not it's coming it's going to yeah. happen yeah, sooner yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than later so we just got to sort of embrace it and be ready for it but i mean yeah, i'm yeah. a renaissance man so i'm not i know i live online but i'm sort of against it i think there's it's all going a bit black mirror in my opinion yeah yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's very ready player one very matrix right still have, i've still haven't seen ready player one but yeah everyone oh, says really? it's, it's, right. yeah it's like yeah, that basically yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a bit like Matrix in the fact that once you take the pill, you can't see normal life again. Like, so I can't ever go back to freelancing and seeing mm. the world as fiat. Everything's in Ethereum or fucking Tezos and all these other little cryptos. It's a bit mad. Mm. See, see, all right. So let's say someone listening right now, they're like, you know what? I'm going to start um, doing this NFT thing. Like how? What's the best way for them to like flex with their NFTs? Like how do they do that? Like obviously, you know, what what was the best site to use? Would you say or how how can how can a regular person just be like, yo, it's my NFT collection? Do you know what? So that's another thing. There's so many solutions being built. So there's one one thing. If you're collecting art, there's digital frames that like you can put on your wall. Obviously connect your, your digital wallet to it and it will like cycle through the slideshow or blah, blah, blah. Another way, just whip out your phone and show them your wallet. But I think the most use, the, the biggest use case right now is like Twitter profile pictures, like right. having a bored ape or a crypto punk or, an, or even an evil to a certain extent as your 
um, profile picture, you you can see who who's who and who's part of your tribe, basically. And especially with Twitter now bringing in verification of NFTs, we'll be able to see who's capping, like who's really got an ape, who's really got... And it, these are all things that like people, are, it means a lot to people, do you know what I mean? So... As we as we are more online, profile pictures. Uh, that, I think that's why there's been such a market for them because it is the easiest application. But moving forward, I don't know. Like, I do think there's going to be some sort of um, AR glasses or something that we're going to wear that you can see what's in someone's wallet and you can scroll through and all that. But that's down the line. I don't. The technology is not there yet. But yeah, I don't know, man. If you've got an idea, get yourself in Dragon's Den. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so. You know, we've talked about the the, the you know the, the the evolution of your career. We've talked about NFTs, blockchain, and you know where that's going and everything else. But what what about Kidate the artist though? Like, you know, you've got the character, but have you got aspirations or plans to take what you do as an artist um, to a different level? Because yeah, you're you're getting into that. Yo, bro, any minute now you're going to be regarded as a Banksy or a Damien Hurst type person. Damn, that's not cap. No, man, I appreciate that so much. And that's, I mean, as mad as it sounds, this generation of digital artists, they sort of are. So you saw Beeple in the summer sold for more than uh, Jeff Coons, like $69 million for an NFT. You've got other artists like Fuck Render from like Canada who's in Christie's and Sotheby's all the time. Like these digital artists now are being given recognition that, a lot of artists have never been given before like even down when i'm in miami i've been invited to uh, the christie's show like there's i'm getting all these connections and people wanting to know who i am and what i'm doing it's so i think it's only a matter of time before i end up in an, a big auction house um just for a one-on-one piece of art like nothing to do with um clients and stuff just based off of what i've created and that's that's only possible because of I'll be an early in NFT. So yeah, I want to be seen as a legitimate uh, digital artist, but not just as a digital artist. Like I want to be next to a Banksy or a, a Jeff Hurst or a Jeff Coons or whatever, or, and it not look out of place. And it feels like I belong to be here. Like next, I want to walk into a gallery and see me next to a Basquiat. And I think that's going to happen like in the next fullness of time because of just the way the world's going. But as, p- apart from me as an artist, like the evil character, I, f- I don't see there's why there's no reason that um, a Netflix or a production company won't want to create a, a, an animated series based on it because the storyline's there. And we've already, I'm already doing the music thing, which I, I can't even really talk about so much. But And then take take that side of it. I've got the Evil Couture fashion brand. So I, there's no reason I can't do um, something with Supreme or Bape or something. Like all these uh, people that are entering the space are going to want an entry point and connecting with someone who's sort of got a community already that can help them navigate. It's only going to be beneficial to all parties, I think. Mm. Yo, that's dope, man. It's crazy. Thanks, man. Crazy. It's crazy to hear, man. Yo, everybody you've ever done a cover for? <laughs> <laughs> They've been calling, bro. They've been yeah, calling. Yeah, yeah. I said, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, the, but the minute you get that, the minute you get that, that big breakthrough, that big moment, that big, all of this shit, bro. You know they're all going to be coming out of the woodwork. Like, yeah, it's an original Kid Eight piece that was done in 2015. And da, 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 da. Yeah, like, do you know I hadn't thought about that. So, like retrospectively, if someone tries to mint the covers I've done for them, I don't even know how that would work. Maybe I need to get on that. Like, start minting all my old future artwork for Epic. Try and do it. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. 
Well, crazy. All right, well, listen, thanks thanks for taking the time out to do this. No, man, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, and then for, for anybody who wants to, to get some of your art, like, what, where would you say is the starting point? Like, if someone who wants to become a Kid 8 fan, like, what, what would you recommend an entry point? Um, do you know what? If you, wanted, if you wanted to collect my art, jump on my Twitter and then uh, on my link fire, I've got, like, a link to all the different websites. And I'd start on Tezos like you did because it's, like, the artwork's cheaper there. There's less gas prices. and it's, it's a good entry point. And it's a good entry point to other artists. Like, the Tezos blockchain is very artist-heavy. And you'll find other artists that you want to support and you'll find it's artists supporting other artists. So yeah, if you're trying to jump on, but if you did wanted to get to know a bit more about me, just Twitter or Instagram, really. Mm. That's about it. Oh yeah. And I've started my own podcast on YouTube, but I don't know if it's going very well at the moment, but. <laughs> Stick out here, man. Stick out Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's cool, man.